Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's up to McCaffrey. There he goes. It's a C-back This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome into a brand new edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Skylar Callahan, beat writer for Sports Illustrated for the Carolina Panthers and the Charlotte Hornets. Um, a lot to get into uh, from this past week. We'll chop up divisional weekend, maybe one of the best weekends of football ever. Um, all four divisional games went down to the wire. Uh, the final one was the best one, the Bills and the Chiefs. We'll talk about that. Before we get into any of that, though, this is a Carolina Panther podcast, so we'll get you up to date with news from the Carolina Panthers camp. There's a new offensive coordinator that has been hired. We will talk about him and what he brings to the table and whether or not we feel it's a good hire or not. Plus, even more to discuss, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the overtime rule. Is it good? Is it bad? Does it need to be tweaked? And uh, the futures of a number of players and coaches in the league, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Sean Payton from the New England, the New Orleans Saints. Their futures are a bit up in the air. We'll talk about the ramifications for those three guys as well as we get into a, a loaded episode here of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Before we do that, though, a quick word from our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022 new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code believe to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts as I bring in, Skylar Callahan from Sports Illustrated. And uh, Skylar, a busy week uh, for you as uh, head coach Matt Rule has named his replacement for Joe Brady. The Carolina Panthers agreed to terms uh, last night with former Giants head coach Ben McAdoo to become the new offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. Um, your initial thoughts on this hire by head coach Matt Rule to bring in Ben McAdoo, who interviewed for the quarterback coaching job with the Panthers both in 2020 and 2021 and didn't get it either time, and now he'll be overseeing the entire offensive game plan. It's an interesting hire, uh, to say the least. I think that they did cast a wide net in terms of uh, the candidates that they were talking to. They talked to at least, I believe, seven, maybe more. Uh, I know seven off the bat, uh, off the top of my head that they did talk to. And, you know, Ben McAdoo, I, I get he catches a lot of flack and in, in for, you know, his stint as a head coach with the New York Giants, but he was a really good coordinator and he really knew what he was doing with the, the Giants offense prior to being named the head coach, which is why he was Tom Coughlin's successor. And he also is someone that Aaron Rodgers has really kind of raved about because he worked with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Uh, for for a number of years, he wore, uh, McAdoo was the tight ends coach in Green Bay. 
and then I believe spent maybe two years as the quarterback's coach. So to have that kind of, I guess, on your resume, on your resume from Aaron Rodgers, I mean, that, that says a lot. So the, the one thing I think is a little interesting, though, is how this fits because McAdoo is a, is a coach that he kind of tends to lean a little bit more towards being a pass-heavy attack. And I don't know how that's going to fit with Sam Darnold. Now, the question it remains, is Sam Darnold going to be on the roster in 2022, even though GM Scott Fitter already said he, he would? Because McAdoo, I'm sure you've seen it by now, there has been many you know, reports and articles out there that have sur- resurfaced from when Darnold was coming out of USC. And McAdoo simply said that he did not like his throwing mechanics. He was too turnover prone and he just didn't like him as a quarterback. So sounds, sounds pretty spot on <laughs> for what yeah. we've seen. Sounds like he kind of had him now to a yeah. team. And, and he, and I think it, I don't know if it was you that told me this or somebody else, but I, I did some digging and it was true that he, he really liked Josh Allen coming out of the draft. Yeah. And I can't remember the other guy that he he liked that kind of. Uh, I think it was Pat Mahomes, actually. I think Pat he, Mahomes, he yeah. wanted the Giants to draft Mahomes and they didn't. Um, so yeah, I mean, the guy knows how to evaluate quarterback talent. Yeah. That, and that's what I was looking for. Like, that's why I wanted Pep Hamilton. That was literally what we said for two weeks was that we wanted someone that was almost kind of uh, equated to be the quarterback whisperer or whatnot. Who knew that Ben McAdoo might actually be a better candidate than Pep Hamilton, considering he's actually called. NFL plays like live rounds in a game where Pep is not so and has uh, NFL head coaching experience which could help someone like Rule right exactly that, that's something else I was going to get to because Rule the past two years his whole staff's really been what he brought with him from Baylor and Temple he really hadn't had anybody on there with NFL experience McAdoo brings that on board um, which makes me feel a little bit better in terms of I feel like they'll get the plays out faster because for the past two seasons I know people have noticed the Panthers are very slow with getting those plays down to the field and and then snapping the ball with like one second, two seconds left in the second quarter. It makes no sense why it's taking so long to get the plays down. And they've rule in particular has had to call numerous timeouts just because they didn't have the play in in time, you know, yeah. like and it just affects the way you coach a football game going forward when like in the first quarter you're having to call a timeout because the play didn't get in in time. So that's frustrating. He was uh McAdoo was the offensive coordinator for the Giants in 2014 and 2015. The one thing that I did notice, though, and they may try to, you know, rejuvenate Darnold's career before getting rid of him. Um, he basically calmed Eli Manning down. Eli Manning was throwing like 20 interception seasons. And uh, once he got there, he got that cut in half. And then Eli never threw more, I think, than like 10 interceptions in a season again after uh, having McAdoo there uh, working with him. Plus, he's uh, worked with uh, – uh, he's been around the league, actually. I didn't realize that he'd been around the league as much as he had. Uh, before the Giants, he was the tight ends coach and then later the quarterback's coach under Mike McCarthy with the Green Bay Packers. So he he did work with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had glowing reviews for him. Uh, he said that the quarterback room was always prepared with McAdoo overseeing it and that he learned a lot working with him. So that's glowing words from uh, Aaron Rodgers, of all people. So – that's a stamp of confidence. And then uh, just this past year, he was an offensive consultant for the Cowboys. He sat out for two years, came back as a quarterback coach for the Jags in 2020, and an offensive consultant for the Cowboys in 2021. The Cowboys had the number one rated offense in the entire league this year. So there's there's some smoke there in terms of what, they're, what they did um, 
and and just basically what what McAdoo can do. McAdoo didn't have a uh, a bell with a running back like a Christian McCaffrey in that Giants offense when he was there. I don't believe. Actually, you know what? I take that back. I think he had Saquon Barkley for maybe his rookie year, twenty seventeen. It was right around that time. It's I, I I can't really remember if that was what it was or not. But I think. I think it was some 2017, 28. Well, he got fired after he was only head coach for two years in New York, uh, 11 and five his first season. But to be honest, that was really still Tom Coughlin's team. Uh, two and 10 start the following year led to his dismissal. Uh, the Giants have been flipping through head coaches ever since Coughlin left. So yeah. I, I don't know if you can really use that as like a, oh, we shouldn't get him because of that. Um, they just, I remember, I want to say Barkley got hurt that year early that might have been the case because if i recall i think they had a ton of injuries yeah like it was like i think obj was still on that team he was hurt if i'm not mistaken yeah i mean uh, I, I get the two and ten start in in wanting to fire him but i think even back then if i, I think i almost remember myself saying I, I can't believe they're firing this guy because even though they're two and ten like they have so many guys hurt i don't understand what he's supposed to do and he just went one eleven games the year before right yeah I mean, I get it. I get it. And I, and at the end of the season, I think he he messed Eli Manning's uh, consecutive start streak up by benching him and starting him with Geno Smith for some reason. But I, you know, it is what it is. But the one thing about McAdoo's offense, and we've talked about it when he was being rumored for this job, it's very basic. It's very vanilla. It's it's just. It's something that may actually cater to Sam Darnold because I think we've seen him way too many times just thinking way too much. I think this kind of simplifies things and kind of dummies it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But and it and it also kind of, in some ways, not not really a lot, but in some ways, kind of reflects Joe Brady's philosophy in kind of the the short throws. It's a lot of it's a West Coast offense, so it's it's not very much deep shots down the field it's not you know waiting for a guy to hit the top of a post route or you know a seam route it's a lot of dinks and dunks and digs and slants and stuff like that so we'll see how that kind of I guess comes together with Arnold but I again who knows if he if he's even here yeah I'm really curious now I wonder if Sam Darnold kind of saw that higher I was like ah crap <laughs> I guess uh guess I'll be moving on here shortly. I really feel like they might look in the draft. I'm starting to really feel like uh if Evan Neal from Alabama's gone at number six and they don't really want to trade down, I-, I could see them maybe drafting Kenny Pickett or taking a flyer on uh a quarterback in this draft. Maybe Sam Darnold not Sam Darnold, uh Sam Howell, uh maybe trade down further into the first round and grab somebody like that and then didn't have a competition with Darnold and whatever rookie you bring in uh with McAdoo kind of overseeing it I'm okay with that actually uh plus they Fitterer has talked about Cam Newton still maybe being in the mix of being brought back uh which I'm, I'm a little mixed about I'm not really sure um how that would work but if they're if they're thinking about it then Cam clearly brought something to that locker room they didn't have before uh, I did run across uh an article after he was hired uh, what the Cowboys coaches were saying about McAdoo uh, right before he got hired. Of course, Mike McCarthy is the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. He worked with Mike McCarthy in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. And uh, McCarthy said back in June when he hired him that uh, he hired him as a consultant because he was a great resource. 
that he's really good with like pregame plan focus in terms of figuring out the game plan, what they're going to do for this particular game um, and this particular opponent. Um, and he basically uh, McCarthy said it helped with like Kellen Moore uh, in terms of him being a young signal caller to have somebody like McAdoo there uh, and just being able to plan it out. He's, he's a planner. It sounds like he, he really focuses on the little things uh, as they prepare for an opponent, which I like, because that's some of the stuff I feel like was missing with rule where I felt almost like, it's almost like Matt Rule's doing too much. Like, and I think you've echoed this before, where if he could just be the head coach and not have to be the head coach and overseeing the offense and overseeing the defense and being the janitor and doing this and doing that and the press releases and everything else, maybe underneath all that, Matt Rule's a damn good coach and a builder of programs. And if he could just be left to do that and not have to worry about the extra stuff, that would be uh, beneficial. So hiring Ben McAdoo, I'm not mad at it. for Considering who they were looking at, I'm not really mad at it now as um, – We've had a day or so to kind of sit on it and and uh, and look at it. Uh, glowing words from the the Cowboys staff for McAdoo uh, and what he brings to the table. So, uh, of course, uh, on Twitter, the Panther faithful hate the pick completely. Uh, <laughs> don't want anything to do with it. What are you doing, my, Matt Rule? Oh, my gosh. Fire this guy. Blah, 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 blah. But uh, give him a chance. Give him a chance to see what a full contingent of offense. Uh, I'm actually hoping Ben McAdoo comes in. And the first thing he says is, you know what we need to do? We need to move Christian McCaffrey to slot. Let's move Christian over to slot. We'll give him still eight to 10 carries a game, but we'll motion him back there. He'll be kind of like our Swiss army knife, like turn him into Tariq Hill. You know what I mean? Like put him in a position where he can exploit matchups on the line of scrimmage, as opposed to running him, absorbing hits, for basically the same production, but you're putting him at risk of injury and not having him out there. Like you've got to convince Christian McCaffrey to understand he doesn't need to go so hard in the off season. Uh, he can come in and ramp up the past two years. He's worked out so hard coming back off of injury that I fear that it's kind of aggravated the ability to injure himself again. Once he really got going, that he was going too hard. And uh, from everything I've seen from what he said, about going into this offseason, it sounds like he's taking that advice to heart. A lot of former players have talked to him about that from what I read. Um, so we'll kind of see how all this goes. But Ben McAdoo, the new offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, we'll keep an eye on that as we turn the page to uh, the divisional round this past weekend. May have been one of the greatest divisional weekends in the NFL that I can remember in my lifetime. I can't think of a, a divisional weekend where all four of the games had some sort of drama but of course, the one that, well, the two that everyone's talking about, the Rams and the Bucks. Uh, I was listening to that game in the car, trying to get back home from somewhere. And I could not believe, I felt like it was like just destiny. Tom Brady was going to win that game at a certain point. Like yeah. they were, they were down like 27 to three shades of the Falcons in the Super Bowl. Um, and then the Rams just started giving them the ball. <laughs> they just started giving them the ball. And you, you, that's the one thing you can't do against Tom Brady. Don't give him the ball. Don't give him the ball when you've got him down. you got your foot on his neck. Don't say, hey, you know what? Here's a fumble. Take this interception. Oh, score him. That's fine. It's cool. And, and like, they really, I feel like they kind of lucked out by holding on because Tampa probably should have won that game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean <laughs> – you can't continue to turn, not not only just turn over the ball in the playoffs. I mean, but you can't do it when Brady's on the other side. No, and 
for them to even be in the NFC Championship is almost a miracle by God because yeah. <laughs> there is no way that I, when I don't remember exactly what happened because I, I wasn't able to watch it, but when they when they scored, did they they went down and you, they tied it up right? And then uh, LA went uh, down and took the game winning field goal. Yeah, they left a little bit of time on the clock. Uh, Tampa went down. I thought we were going overtime, uh, and there was a Tampa tried to do an all-out blitz on Stafford and he read it perfectly. But when they did the blitz, it left the safety alone on an Island with Cooper cup, the, the last wide receiver <laughs> in the league that you want to do this with. And uh, Stafford saw it immediately. It, it, what really happened, cause I've seen it broken down. Dan Orlovsky did a great job of this earlier this week, uh, breaking down what happened on the play. Ryan Clark as well. Um, the linebacker Levante David from Tampa he, I think he said, and a couple other Tampa players said after the game that they didn't get the call that it was supposed to be a blitz. So if you're looking at the, the all 22 film from behind uh, Stafford, you can see there's David's supposed to come too on the blitz, but he doesn't like for a split second. He's kind of freezes for a minute in the middle of the line. And then he decides to come forward, but because they didn't go all out from the very beginning, it gives Stafford like an extra second and a half to kind of set his feet. And as soon as he set his feet, Cooper Cup is 50 yards down the field, and there's a safety trailing him and no one over top. So it's a perfect throw. Cooper catches it um, and puts them in position to kick a field goal. Like, they they got down there. I don't even think they had any timeouts. Uh, Stafford gets them down there, lines them up. They spike the ball to stop it with four seconds left and kick the field goal, in there, and they're gone. They're done. Like And that might be the last time we see the GOAT, Tom Brady, on a football field. Uh, we'll talk about that at the very end here before we get out of here. Um, the other one I wanted to talk about, kind of getting away from the Saturday games, the two Sunday games were just like the cream of the crop. This Bills-Chiefs matchup, I think we're kind of looking at the new Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady yes. rivalry. Uh, maybe. I say that because with Chiefs winning, now the Chiefs have to host uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, and Burrow may have something to say about that himself because he threw for over 400-plus yards on the, the Chiefs just like three or four weeks ago. Um, so... that chiefs bills game i've never seen a football game they scored the two teams scored 25 points in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter like it was just back and forth back and forth it was like each quarterback would do a big play and then the other quarterback would come out and like a play would go by and then another big play would happen like literally i've never seen a sequence where it was just back to back to back and i gained a newfound respect for josh allen i saw uh some comparisons to young Cam Newton with Josh Allen. And I'll sit here and tell you right now, I'm the biggest Cam Newton fan there is. Josh Allen is better <laughs> than Cam yeah. Newton, uh, at least throwing the football. Uh, Josh Allen is out there throwing like 75% completions to people. And he's the team running back pretty much. Um, if Cam could throw and complete at like a 15% clip higher than what he did for his career, because I think he was like 58, 59%. Then yeah, I'll give you that. He's Josh Allen, but he couldn't. He didn't. He was pretty much a sixty percent 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 completion guy his whole career. There is a vast difference between sixty percent and like seventy four percent or whatever Josh Allen is throwing right now. Uh, just an awesome game to watch. Great for the NFL. Um, I've seen people talk about how well the Cowboys screwed this up, but somehow the the Chiefs were able to go forty five plus yards in fourteen seconds and win this football game. And I'm like, well. That's not exactly – I mean, the Cowboys didn't have any timeouts. They really tried it with no timeouts. 
And the Cowboys tried to run a quarterback draw. <laughs> but like, they tried to draw, they tried to run it up the middle of the field where it's a little bit different when Pat Mahomes is, you know, tossing two. And the Chiefs had three timeouts. So as soon as they would catch it, timeout. Caught it again, timeout. Field goal, let's go home. So I mean, it was like it, there was a difference. I see people trying to compare it and push down the Cowboys, but it doesn't really compare. Bills, Chiefs. I think the Bills will be back next year. I, I, I assume the Chiefs will be back next year. It just feels like we're watching something that's growing and that might conceivably be better than the Manning Brady rivalries of the uh, of the two thousands. Yeah, it very well might. And I just I just now started thinking like if you if you go back and really kind of look at the quarterbacks on both the AFC and NFC side, where do all of the young star quarterbacks reside? They're on the AFC. AFC, yeah. You've got Mac Jones, Josh Allen in the same division. You've got Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson in the same division. You've got Trevor Lawrence and, I mean, I guess – Herbert. Ron Watson in the same division. You've got yeah, Justin Herbert Holmes. You've got Justin Herbert in the same yeah. division. And the NFC, like, who? who's the one star young, young NFL star quarterback? I mean, I, I don't really know if there is one. Maybe yeah, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's probably the only one. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and even and even in the AFC, could you throw in someone like a Baker Mayfield and like uh, these dudes that are younger than twenty five? Pretty much, I mean, Pat yeah. Mahomes is only like 26, 25 himself. Uh, yeah, the, the, the the road to getting <laughs> to the Super Bowl in the AFC is just looks very very challenging for the next ten to twelve years. Like. It's, like, it's like all the quarterbacks in the NFC are are the old grizzled vets: Aaron yeah. Rodgers, Tom Brady. Uh, cousins, yeah, like it's if it, they're all 30 and over or whatever. Um, except for, well, there's a couple like in San Francisco, you've got guys that are sitting like Trey Lance. Uh, and who knows, he might end up taking over the way that kind of Kansas City did bringing in Pat Mahomes over Alex Smith. Maybe that happens after the season's over with and Trey Lance takes over. Uh, if anything, I've learned that uh, if there is a quarterback available from North Dakota State, we need to take a look at him because uh, they are just pumping dudes out that at first kind of raised your eye, like really North Dakota state. But now after watching what Josh Allen did on Sunday and, and Trey Lance getting drafted top 10, didn't even play the year before. I need to find out who the quarterback is for North Dakota state this year. <laughs> so we can go look and see if it's somebody we might need to go, uh, you know, take a look at um, the Bengals. Very impressive what they've done the past two weeks. Uh, I've become a Joe Burrow fan. I kind of thought it was a lot of hype at first or at LSU. I thought, well, he's got all these weapons around him. How could he not succeed? But to go into Cincinnati and to change that program around, actually, you know what? I thought about you in this podcast when Cincinnati won that game, because I'm thinking, well, hell, Cincinnati's basically turned their entire franchise around in two years. And one of those years, they lost Burrow to a torn ACL, like his rookie year towards the end. And yet here they are conference or division champions and one went away from the super bowl like less than 12 months later so whenever i hear uh matt rule or david tepper or somebody going forward saying you know these things take time and we got to build this blah 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 i'm like no they do not <laughs> they do not take time if you make the right decisions and bring in the right people from the beginning they they don't take time now granted the Bengals have an alpha quarterback and there's not that many of those out there maybe i don't know seven ten total in the league where you once you have that guy in place you can build everything around him and clearly burrow with his demeanor and his his physical ability to throw the football talking about somebody that can complete over 70 percent. that's what joe burrow does like every week it feels like 
it just it's amazing to me how one guy can turn around a hapless franchise that hadn't won a playoff game since 1991, I believe it was before uh, before two weeks ago. So I haven't said that Panther fans, I don't think it's going to take seven years to turn around the Panthers. Uh, hopefully the hiring of McAdoo is a step in the right direction in terms of doing this quicker. But the one thing I've learned in these playoffs, you have to have a quarterback. Like the Panthers are so far behind these playoff teams when you watch them play in terms of their ability to make big plays. That Bill's Chiefs game, I just watched it in awe. Like I, we haven't had a big playability like that since 2015, like here in Charlotte. You know, like that it's been going on seven years since we had an offense like that. And it was kind of bittersweet to see it, but hopefully we'll be able to. And, and I'll say this about Zach Taylor, like the, the head coach of Cincinnati Bengals. So this is kind of why I point to some of these things with rule. And and I'm not saying that it's, it's like this in every single situation, because sometimes you give a coach a third year and it, it is the same. It remains the same, but Zach Taylor was six 25 and one before coming before this year started in two years. In year one, he was two and fourteen. Last year was four eleven and one. And in year three, he's got this team playing one game away from the Super Bowl. It's incredible, and all really because of that belief in that one guy. You know, you get that one guy. You right. got to take advantage of when you have him. Uh, the Panthers had that one guy in Cam Newton, and it didn't take advantage of finishing the deal when they got close, and then just bother time. They just never got a chance to get back uh, with him, but. That's what happens in the NFL. We're not lucky enough to have a a guy there 20 years, like an Aaron Rodgers or whatnot. Uh, and speaking of which, though, I've wrote down three names, three guys, or we got to sit here and kind of figure out, well, what are they going to do? That's uh, starting off Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Packers went through all of this stuff this year with Aaron Rodgers in the offseason, him not being vaccinated in the middle of the year, uh, the butt whooping they took from the Saints week one where everybody kind of paused, like, whoa, what's going on with Green Bay? Ended up the number one seed in the NFC. They're hosting at Lambeau. It's snowing outside. And the 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 one kryptonite of Aaron Rodgers' career is the San Francisco 49ers, the team that he grew up rooting for. He cannot beat this team in the playoffs. I think he's 0-4 now against the 49ers. They kind of own the Packers, and the Packers go home early again, but even further behind than they were the year before. Do you think Aaron Rodgers comes back to play – well, let me put it this way first – does Aaron Rodgers come back to play either A, for the Packers, B, for somebody else, or does he retire? I don't I don't see him coming back to Green Bay. I, they're, over, they're $40 million over the cap, uh, just yeah. so people are aware. And they, and they haven't re-signed Devontae Adams either, who's probably a top three wide receiver. So. Yeah, I think this is, this is about to be a full-fledged rebuild in Green Bay because they do have essentially what they think is going to be their quarterback of the future with love. But is, is he really going to be that guy? I don't know. I don't think but so. <laughs> this, this is the time for them to potentially figure that out. You let a guy like Aaron Rodgers go. You let Devontae Adams walk. Maybe let some other older vets go. Maybe like David Bakhtiari and, and, and um, I don't know, maybe you trade Jair Alexander for a first-round pick. And you, you just you, – there's a lot of moving parts. They have a – they're one of the teams that I know you don't want to necessarily ruin a good thing. But at some point, you got to be able to flip that switch and say, we, we have a chance to go from being really good to really, you know, I wouldn't say bad, but you, you go from really good to where you could flip all, you know, all these assets and let some people walk, get under the salary cap and get ahead 
start on that rebuild before things just go crashing down into where maybe you get to where you can't trade a guy like Jair Alexander and, you know, you don't have these other pieces set in place. So I think I don't, I don't see Aaron Rodgers coming back to green Bay. And honestly, I don't know if he even wants to play anymore. I, I have no idea. I, I've, I've never talked to him. I've obviously I, I, don't, I cover the Panthers. I don't cover the Packers, but I just, I have this feeling that after all the stuff that's been going on this year with COVID and what he says on the Pat McAfee show, like literally every week and how he feels silenced and all this yada, 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 that the whole world's against him. Like, is he really still have that love for going out there and playing and continue to, to do with, you know, all this scrutiny and this criticism that's coming at him? Like, does he feel like there's still more left in him? I, I don't know. I mean, he, he kind of felt like he was comp, comp, uh, considering retirement a year ago. Yeah. So, I just don't see it happening. I, I think he, I think he's going to be the one guy that retires, and you be, and everyone's going to be like, "What? He retired?" But I mean, it, it, it kind of makes sense. I think he's going to win the league MVP award again too. Um, between him, uh, Brady, I get you could probably throw Joe Burrow up there. Um, yeah, uh, at least get yeah. some votes. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to win the MVP. Uh, Pat Mahomes might be up there. I, I feel like when I'm looking at Rodgers and I look at Brady, I feel more comfortable saying, yeah, that might be it for Brady. Because honestly, what else can he do? Like, what, what, what's left? <laughs> There's nothing left. Uh, it feels like um, the man has seven Super Bowl rings. He's won one without Belichick. Uh, he owns almost every quarterback passing record in existence. He's won more games than the other quarterback. No one's ever going to win seven Super Bowls. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't even wrap my mind around someone coming along. Maybe Pat Mahomes, if he has the same career trajectory as Brady. But even then, you're asking somebody to play 22 years or whatever it is and basically be in the, the conference championship round pretty much every year, which actually Mahomes is kind of on track to do <laughs> so far. So, um I feel like this, listen to Tom Brady's comments. Uh, his podcast came out yesterday and he kind of expanded a little bit more. Brady sounds like he's near retiring. Like yeah. when you start talking about retirement, you've already retired. Like in my mind, like my father is actually about to retire in April uh, after, you know, 40 or 35 plus years driving trucks. And um, I never heard him talk about retirement before, like ever until maybe, three or four months ago where he kind of just came out point blank was like, I'm retiring in April and like went through the reasons why he was doing it and everything else. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And I thought he would waver and maybe change his mind or something. Nope. He's gotten, he can't wait to get to April at this point. So <laughs> I, I feel like uh, Tom is there. He just hasn't announced it yet. I think he kind of wants to see what Tampa does. Tampa doesn't have any money. So I'm not really sure the whole them re-signing all the starters from last year like they did this past offseason, that's not going to happen this time around. I don't think Brady wants to restart with a brand-new team at age 45. Um, I think it's. I think that's it. I think he's going to be done. Um, I'll be surprised if he returns, uh, to be honest. With, with Rodgers, it's a little bit different because Rodgers has the ability to go elsewhere. If I'm not mistaken, that contract ended this year. Like So he's basically a free agent. He can go wherever he wants, but – uh, the Packers, if they wanted to go the route that the Saints have done the past five, six, seven years where they keep kicking this money can down the road, I guess in theory they could do it if they felt like they were close. But that game, 
uh, on Saturday night made me feel like they're a little bit further away than they thought they were. Um, I don't know. I just with Rodgers, it almost feels like if he retires, it'll almost feel like he had unfinished business, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he's 11 and 10 in the playoffs, his career. Like we prop him up as one of the greatest of all time, but come postseason, man, it's like the, it's like they're constantly losing early. Like they can never get back to the Super Bowl, almost like a Dan Marino type of situation, I guess, except that he got his ring early. Um, didn't affect Dan's legacy, still Hall of Famer, still considered one of the greatest ever. But that would, I mean, I guess it's about the ego of Aaron Rodgers. Does he want to be considered one of the greatest ever? Or does he want to be considered the greatest ever? Because he can't get there. <laughs> He's run out of road. Like Tom Brady's pretty much secured that. He's not going to be able to, to get to that point. I'll bring this up, though. Let's say Tom Brady does retire. Tampa would have more money than Green Bay. Could you see a situation where Rodgers ends up in Tampa Bay or Denver or someplace along those lines and finishes his career there? I mean, it's, there's definitely a possibility for it. I mean, it works for Brady. <laughs> so, <Yep. laughs> like, if, if you're Aaron Rodgers and, and you feel like you're kind of down to the, your last year or two, I mean, going to Tampa Bay seems like a pretty good idea because let's let's be real, like they have a legit offensive line. They have a legit front seven on defense. They have legit playmakers like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, which we don't know what his future is, but – they have players like they have some real dudes and Bruce Arians isn't going anywhere. I think the other day he said he's going to coach until he can't. So I think it makes sense for a guy like Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and maybe this just becomes the, the, the destination for these aging quarterbacks to go win a, a Super Bowl at the end of their career to go to Tampa yeah. Bay. <laughs> you know, just, I thought that was going to be Denver. Like I thought, cause Peyton did the same thing coming yeah. up with Denver, you know, and, they kind of sniff around for these quarterbacks too. Um, Denver has been one that's been rumored for Aaron Rodgers as well, and I think I, Rogers, even I, would, I would not go to Denver just because of what you just said about ten minutes ago. Think about all the young quarterbacks in the AFC. The, exactly. the, so, go to the NFC. <laughs> yeah, go to the NFC. Stay over there and and kind of run it <laughs> Game of Thrones style until you're ready to retire because it's going to be hard getting through Mahomes. Uh, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. I mean, come on, <laughs> come on! Like it just doesn't seem like a feasible thing to do right now. When Peyton got to Denver, it was like those older quarterbacks, Philip Rivers and others, they were starting to fade. So there was an avenue to get there, and he had a really, really like all-time defense, which Denver does not have currently right now. Tampa, depending on what they do, I could see something like that happen. Uh, the third name I wrote down actually is a coach, Sean Payton, New Orleans Saints. It's starting to come out that. Uh, the Saints don't know what he's going to do going forward, which is the first time we've heard that from out of the Saints camp ever in regards to Sean Payton. I could see a scenario, walk with me on this, because he does have one year left on his deal where the Saints, and like he decides he wants to come back and coach, but not for New Orleans. And the Saints trade him to Dallas for picks. And he oh, becomes wow. the new head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. He comes back home. What do you think? That that would be interesting because I I'm not sold on that they believe Mike McCarthy is the guy that's going to get them back to the Super Bowl. Me especially after imagine being Jerry Jones and seeing what the Chiefs did in the end of that game, knowing the week before you were in a similar situation and just completely just pooped the bed. Like, I mean. Like, wasn't exactly the same, but kind of enough to make Jerry Jones go, you know what? Let me let me call down New Orleans and see what Sean's doing. 
you know what could happen is Dak Prescott could be, and I'm not saying this as he, he's going to reach his level, but he may be the next Aaron Rodgers in terms of he may have a ton of success in his career, but maybe only get one Super Bowl, if that. And I think they're they're going to be wasting the best years of Dak's career if they don't figure something out at head coach and if they don't figure out how to get more success in the postseason because, like, if Dak just had a little bit of help, whether it be the coaching staff, having a little bit better defense, whatever the case may be, I, I don't really know exactly what their top needs are. But for some reason, they just can't get over to the hump. If they can just address those needs, they could be a team that could win a couple of Super Bowls. Oh, yeah, easy. It's They've not got- even a question. They probably have more talent than any other team in the NFC, like up and down that roster. There's like pro bowlers all up and down the Cowboys roster. They've spent, they've done really well in the draft. They've done really, really well in the draft. Now that Steven Jones is kind of running that a little bit more and Jerry's, I won't, I'm never going to say Jerry Jones's hands off, but, uh, (laughs) but uh, it does feel like he's not basically running the draft board anymore. Like he would have been like eight years ago. Uh, But Jerry wants another ring. Jerry wants a ring before he leaves this earth. And he wants one without Jimmy Johnson's name attached to it in any way, shape or form. And he's gone 20 plus years trying to get back there. And it's just hard, man. It's hard to get to a Super Bowl and win it. You got to have so many things fall into place. Maybe he needs someone like a, now if Sean Payton, if that happened, that scenario, I would imagine Payton would come in and say, I need full control. I need to be the GM. I need to be able to good luck with that. Exactly. (laughs) So I don't know if that'll actually be, uh, something that's uh, feasible. But then again, I mean, Sean Payton was the offensive coordinator there under Bill Parcells. So, and, and they let him go. They let him get away to the Saints, and Jerry's watched them go win a Super Bowl since then. So, but Desmond, I mean, what have we been saying since like maybe even last June, not this past June, the, the June before? Like, this, this division is going to switch, it's going to completely flip at some point because Tom Brady can't play forever. Right. And Sean Payton is now considering retirement, which I think we didn't expect, but that's a possibility now. And Matt Ryan, I mean, he's getting towards the end of his career. And, I mean, the Falcons aren't that good anyway, but they have to f- figure something out of quarterback. So, like – 35, 36, something like that. If yeah. you look at these teams, like the Panthers, they have pieces in place. They have Christian McCaffrey. They have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. They have a legitimate young defense – if they can retool that offensive line, it, these are big ifs, but if they can fix that offensive line and get just, I guess, marginal play at quarterback, I mean, this is a team that could potentially win the division in a couple of years. Like, yeah, they could do it not, next year. If they, could just, if they just figure out the quarterback position, I think they could do it this year. If anything, yeah. the Bengals showed me that, Yes, you in theory you want to have a good offensive line, but you don't have you to don't have one. have to have one exactly. You just, you have to have one or the other. You need to have either a great offensive line and an average quarterback, or an above average quarterback and an okay offensive line. Cam Newton sat behind a, a average offensive line for six plus years in Carolina, and everyone knew it. Everyone knew the line wasn't as great as it could be, and they never really invested in it, uh, except for one year when they traded up and got Jeff Otah. And, uh, that was like an 08. We still had Jordan Gross. So, I mean, we still had things to do. Ryan Khalil. So, they had stalwarts on the line, but it was never a priority. If they go into this draft and pick like six offensive linemen, that tells me they still think Sam Darnold can get this done. And I don't think he can. So, I would much rather roll the dice 
on someone like Kenny Pickett or Sam Howell or Crowley. I was saying go to the Ravens and trade for uh, uh, the backup Huntley. Go get him for like a third round pick or whatever and and let him compete. You know, I was impressed with him. He does a lot of the stuff you want Sam Darnold to do. uh, And he looked good. So, I mean, I'm willing to try some of these things, but I don't think they're that far off. Like I said, Cincinnati kind of taught me you don't have to wait two, three, four years to make this happen. You just got to put the right pieces in place right now. And you're right. They've got a young defense. They're all kind of on rookie deals. So if you're going to do something before you got to start paying the Jeremy Chins and the Derek Browns of the world, it has to be in this window right now, like the next two years. Um, you just got to get lucky on the draft and find a guy that can lead this team. Because I don't know if any of these free agents out here are going to come to Carolina to play quarterback. Uh, most of them are older, like 30 plus year old quarterbacks that are probably looking for an established place right now to go. Like I can see Russell Wilson in uh, Tampa, you know, or yeah. Uh, I can honestly see Aaron Rodgers coming back to Green Bay. If not, I can see him retiring. Um, and I mean, there's there's a couple of names out there too, like that are probably not going to be with their teams just because of the, the coaching changes, like Derek Carr in Vegas. I mean, that's one. Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins in Minnesota, that's another. And I know there was some talk. I mean, I, I do not see this one happening because it just doesn't make sense for them to do it unless they can get a complete upgrade. But I mean, there was some talks about after the Titans lost, maybe Ryan Tannehill because they, he just, mm. he's not good enough. For yeah. them. But I don't see that one happening, but like a guy like Derek Carr, Kirk cousins, they're probably going to be available in terms of on the, being on the trade market. So those are names that could come into play for Carolina. And, I mean, if if I'm Scott Fitter and I have an opportunity to get Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins, and I would do it in a heartbeat. Like take yeah. that quarterback, make a trade. If you're if you're able to make that trade and still keep your first round pick, which I don't see being possible, but if that is the case, then you can take a, a Kenny Pickett and and feel good that you're in a good situation because you got the quarterback position solidified for now, but you have someone in the future as well. And, of course, the Panthers are still linked to Deshaun Watson in Houston that they're still sniffing around. They might try to go after him in March. So who knows? Well, I do know that the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast will be here for you, Panther fans, to keep you updated on all of that, plus the stuff going on around the league. Uh, We're up against it. Conference Championship Sunday this upcoming week. uh, The Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Cincinnati Bengals at 3 o'clock on CBS. And then the 6 o'clock game, um, features the 49ers taking on their division rival um, Rams. So out of those four, we'll get a Super Bowl out of it. We'll chop that up next week. Plus, I'm sure we'll have some more news from the Panthers. They still got a couple positions to fill on the staff. Um, something will pop up between now and next Tuesday that we'll discuss uh, in the world of NFL and Carolina Panthers. You can follow Skyler's work on Sports Illustrated. Again, He not only is he the beat writer for the Carolina Panthers, he's also the beat writer for our beloved Charlotte Hornets who are tearing up the league right now in the Eastern Conference, moving up the ladder. Uh, great, great, great fun watching the Hornets right now in this season, who actually, if I'm not mistaken, they're uh, getting attached to Ben Simmons' trade rumors last time I looked at it. I don't know how that would work, but I'm all for it. So keep up with the latest info with that with Skyler on Twitter at Callahan underscore. You can look for my work online at Tobacco Radio or at Dez, D-E-Z underscore 3505. And, of course, follow the Believe Podcast Network on Twitter at Believe Podcast. We'll be back next week with a brand-new episode of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Keep pounding. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.